0: Siko, yeah? She's from Durban, as I've mentioned before. Um, It's not your first time that you minister with us, right? No, she was with us at the old venue. Siko is an industrial psychologist like Debia during the day. She's a passionate follower of Christ, especially in the workplace. And she's just, I love your heart. Siko's just always ready to go to a little bit of a territory that she hasn't explored with the Lord, wherever the Lord is leading her. Um, I have had the privilege to to stay in the community house of Seaco for about three years, a little bit more perhaps. And um, and one thing that I when I thought of you this morning um, is one thing that I learned from you is the highlight of a weekend is the time that you have to spend for the Lord, and that's just something that stays with me, and I want to encourage everyone, no matter the season that you're in, I'm also a mom, which says your time looks a little bit different, and perhaps you work over weekends, but whenever you have that little time, just be expectant to be able to send, spend it with the Lord, and um, sika would go into the, her room and spend a whole Saturday with, with God, and it's just so beautiful She would literally walk out of her room and her face would be radiant, like the word says. And I just know there's so many gems that were born um, in that season and still is. So thank you. Um, It's a a massive privilege for us to have you with us. So enjoy the time. I want to pray for you. Father, thank you that we can um, welcome Sikor in our midst, Lord, as the one that you've sent to minister and bring the word today, and we speak um, just a peace over every thought in our mind, Lord, and thank you that every word um, that we can say, that every word that is from you, Lord, will will carry beautiful fruit and will bloom in its season, Lord. Thank you, Father, that Siko um, has the presence of you wherever she goes, and that she has the joy of the Lord, and that truly is her strength, and we come and honor you, Lord, for the privilege you have to have her. In Jesus' name, amen. And now
1: I invite all the children to join me. We're going to go. Hello, family. I'm going to trip over this box. Let me save myself a little bit
2: of embar- embarrassment. Can't I can't save myself from every bit of embarrassment, just a little. <laughs> Hallelujah. Family, it's good to be here. This feels like home to me. Different venue, but the faces, everything feels like home. Usually I try and pretend that I'm going to wear my shoes. But I think we're at that level now where I just come. <laughs> I usually try and wear them to the front. And I'm like, you know what, guys, apologies. Ah, but you guys have received me so well without my shoes. So thank you so much. Hallelujah. It's good to be home. It's good to be home. And even just as we were worshiping, And even as I was praying for for just this congregation in preparation for this message, I was just so excited and so in awe, like really like reverence of what God is busy with in this congregation and what he is yet to do. I am so excited. And when we were just singing that song, which I'm going to ask you to help me with, just declare that song of greater things are yet to come. Let's just sing that chorus once more because I really believe that is God's heart for this city and this congregation is key to that. Amen. Hallelujah.
1: For greater things have yet to come. Greater things have yet to be done in this city. Yes, Lord. Yes greater things have yet to come Greater things have yet to be done In this city One more time Yes greater things have yet to come Greater things have yet to be done In this city Yes, greater things have yet to come. Greater things, oh hallelujah, in this city. Oh, let our faith rise. Yes, greater things have yet to come. Greater things have yet to be done in this city. Oh, we thank you, Jesus.
2: We thank you, Jesus. Even this morning, Lord, we just come and we submit ourselves, Lord. We submit our lives. To your mission, to your plans, to your purposes. We say, Your kingdom come, Lord. Your will be done in our midst and in the city, Lord. Thank you for your presence in this place, Holy Spirit. Thank you for the work that you've done in our hearts, the work that you are busy with. We stand in firm expectation also for what you are yet to do. Oh God, we make ourselves available to you. Lord, we desire that we would be useful in your hands, Jesus. Do what you need to do, Lord, in and through us. Lord, I just consecrate myself, Lord, even as I just share the word, Lord. I declare that my rest is in you, Lord. Oh, help me to just love on you, God, as I just released your word this morning. You mean everything to us, Jesus. Jesus we love you and all this is for you. In Jesus name we pray. Amen. Just felt to to release a quick word before I actually get into the sermon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was thinking when Ronnie was talking about transition time, I'm hoping that I'll be off the stage by transition time. But don't worry, guys. (laughs) God's got this. Oh, hallelujah. We need to catch what God is doing in our midst. What God is doing in us and among us. It's so important. And I really felt the sense when I was preparing that... God is really on a fast-track mission with this congregation towards spiritual growth and maturity. I really sense in my spirit that God is firming up the foundations, but he's also accelerating the building. I just want to release that over you. You may not consistently feel like it because it doesn't always show, you know? But at the same time, You may be seeing glimpses already. But we are seeing through the eyes of faith. Hallelujah. I really felt that there's a greater measure of breakthrough when it comes to our spiritual growth. Each and every one of us. I almost felt like, you know, when a seed is germinating under the surface, so different people are different phases, but some are feeling so stuck. Like, God, I don't really see what you're doing. God, I feel like I'm stuck in this little bit of soil. But you know what? God's at work. And when that breakthrough comes, because now he's watering, he's doing all these things. But when that breakthrough comes, psh, on the surface. So really to stand expectant for what God is doing even below the surface. I know different, uh, all of us are probably at different phases of that. But we say, do it, Lord in Jesus' name, that God is really raising this church and positioning this church in terms of influence, both in and outside of the church, hallelujah. Ah, there's deep treasures here, family, deep treasures for this city. Some of us may be feeling like we're in the same place and We've been doing the same thing, st- still struggling with a quiet time. You know, Seek our Lord preached this sermon in 2018 on intimacy. I'm still there. I'm just saying don't give up. Don't give up. God is on the move. He's at work in your life. Keep showing up. It's not about being perfect. It's about living that lifestyle of repentance. And it will bear fruit because repentance bears fruit. Hallelujah. So keep going, keep pressing in. I'm here to declare that truly greater things are yet to come. Don't be afraid to start, eh? Don't be afraid to start. I felt so strongly in my heart that God uh, wanted me to remind you that, that that slogan of we grow as we go, I think is so applicable here. Some of us may be waiting for that perfect time when I feel more spiritual that time when I feel like I can actually do things, that I feel like I, I want to get things right or I am getting things right. But I felt the Lord wanted me to remind you that you grow as you go. Keep going and he will bring the growth. Amen. I got Matthew 5 uh, verse 14 to 16, which was prayed a few times during intercession because God is faithful. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill that cannot be hidden. Nor do we light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand. But it gives light to all who are in the house. So let your light shine before men. Shofar City, Cape Town. That they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. I just felt God declaring, let there be light in this place. In Jesus' name. You're not just the light of the church. You are the light of the world. Amen. Light of the world. And the building has many lights. It's not just one light, i.e. Pastor DB or Jules. It's many lights. So let your light shine before men. Refuse to be hidden. Refuse to be hidden. It does not bring God glory, guys, when we are not fruitful. Oh, no. So cute. No, not cute. Spend time with the Lord and be fruitful from that place. Amen. And for those of us who are needing fuel, check in. How's your oil? A lamp needs oil. I pray that you would continue to meet with Jesus so that he could fill up your oil in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. (laughs) Guys, this morning I'm speaking on a topic that's very dear to my heart. Reigning from a place of rest. We are called to reign. Hallelujah. I remember the Lord revealing to me the one time I was busy, like having just a chat, probably a conversation. And the Lord said to me, you know what, Siko? You have been raised with Christ. You are now seated in heavenly places. And I thought, you why, Jesus? Now this is going to be deep, eh? And the Lord said, It's not just to have a good view. (laughs) We are reigning. We have authority. We are meant to be exercising that authority, not just having a good view in heavenly places, allowing things around us to be chaotic. We are called to reign. We are co-heirs with Christ. Amen. And that place of reigning is most effective When we are doing it from a place of rest. And I really believe God this morning wants to transform the way we do life and ministry. He wants to transform the way we worship. Because worship is also from a place of rest. He wants to transform the way we work. And the way we witness. Do it Jesus he desires us to be effective in life and in ministry. But we're we're so aware that the world has driven this whole performance agenda, right? We're only good enough when we're busy running around doing things. That's where we get our value from. You know, the world has really devalued and perverted this concept of rest which by the way is very godly rest was God's idea the more I do stuff the more worth I have oh come break lies Jesus this is what's been happening uh, in us and, and just all around us since we were little And now we're grown up and there's responsibility with the privilege of being a child of God, right? Now we're having to work out our responsibilities in the kingdom without that rest. Imagine, how far can we get? Rest has become this thing that we believe it's, you're actually failing if you're resting. You know, how are you doing, Siko? Oh, no, life's, life's busy. I've got this, this, this. And then you start listing your tasks. Because if I have to say this weekend, I'm just going to be with Jesus, how, Siko, are you sure everything's okay? You don't have a spirit of excellence. We even use that, right? No, if a person's not doing all these things, then clearly they're missing the excellence bit. We struggle to rest. We struggle to rest. And oftentimes we'll blame it on, no, I don't have enough money, so I can't go on holiday. Or we'll say, no, actually, I've just been failing to plan. But the truth is, as I was really just pondering on this, the truth is it's not a finance issue. It's not a planning issue. It's actually a core belief issue. We do not believe that rest is good for us. We do not believe that God has created us with rest as a strategy in mind. We actually believe that we need to be strong the whole time. If something is not going right in my life, I just need to try harder. We've been raised to believe that we need to be perfect. If it's not perfect, it's not good enough. Some of us are so used to this thing of hurrying up the whole time. That's your lifestyle. If things aren't happening quickly, then, you know, you even leave those, you know, that you're supposed to be walking with. Because they're not fast enough for you. This hurry up lifestyle. Oh, my favorite one, please, people. We're always saying no or yes to things that we should be saying no to. We glorify this thing of not having boundaries in the name of helping people. So busy doing this for church and this for sister so-and-so. Meanwhile, you are not resting in the Lord. So busy doing this for kingdom and this for work. Meanwhile, you're not even trying to please the Lord. You're trying to please people. In the name of the Lord, tag Jesus to whatever I'm doing. How often do we actually sit and ask the Lord about his priorities in our lives? What, Lord, can I align myself with what you say are your priorities for my life? Because then it's for you. Anything in addition to that, chances are it's just you trying to please people. Heart check. Not saying everything. But we, we need to be aware of the things that are happening in our back-end processes. The world's crumbling because of this whole culture. Suicide is at an all-time high. Being invited to burn out uh, workshops... For the last few weeks, like never before, burnout, compassion fatigue. Compassion fatigue is in essence the fact that carers and people who we are carers, right? Because when the kingdom were like Christ, he moved with compassion and then he healed and he did all these things. So even Christians at our core, we can be compassion fatigued. We don't have to be in health care or carer. Because it's in our nature to care. That's how God has designed it so that we can be effective in ministry. But now, even that very sense of compassion is being eroded. Tell me, how are we supposed to be effective ministers of the gospel when someone is sharing an issue with you? A friend is sharing something, and you're like, oh, not again. I think we did this two weeks ago. Compassion fatigue. We have eroded our capacity to be empathetic towards others. And it makes it difficult to serve people that way. But this is not our portion, guys. The Lord has given us everything that we need pertaining to life and godliness. We're called to reign from a place of rest. We're called to live, to love, to lead, to serve from a place of rest about a week ago the Lord showed me a picture as I was praying with some friends of just what I I sort of happened to see as heaven when it started this picture just started off as a bit of light glimpses of light and then I started to see busyness now I'm, I'm and then I could sense no man these are like angels but like busy angels you know to and fro and just doing things and I happen to think of that scripture as well where Gabriel is just talking um, to, to, to some of the, one of the men in faith and he says, you know what, I've, I've brought a message for you. I stand before the throne of God and I'm here to speak this message and I'm here to deliver this. Like, you know, who do you think I am? I.e., the angels are quite busy. They're getting messages and instructions from the throne room. And they're coming and doing all the things that they need to do here on the earth. Whatever activities, the warfare, the this, the that. It's a busy place. But at the same time, just as I was busy looking at that, I'm thinking, yo, it's, it's quite busy. Then I saw the throne room. I saw just the elders worshiping, holy. Holy holy is the Lord God almighty who was and is to come that place of rest in his presence I felt the Lord say to me Siko, in heaven these two things coexist, work and rest let it be done here on the earth As it is in heaven. Genesis 2, verse 2. And on the seventh day, God finished his work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all the work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day, and he made it holy, he set it apart. Because on it, God rested from all his work that he had done in creation. This is to emphasize the point, family. Rest is God's idea. And remember when we we spoke or had that sermon on work, we also came to the conclusion that even work is God's idea. You know, some of us always think, oh, work, you know, I'd had Adam and Eve not sinned. I wouldn't have to be going through all of this. No, 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 no. God worked. It was his idea. So just as work was God's idea, rest is God's idea. God was so intentional about establishing a pattern for us. I.e., my children, if you want to be effective in this thing called ruling and reigning, you need to learn to rest. If you want to reign as I do, if you want to do well in this, if you want to rule and reign and have dominion and spread my influence, expand my influence into all the earth, you need to learn how to do it from a place of rest. And this rest that I'm talking about, family, is not, uh, you know what, I'm just resting and I'm just watching a movie. I'm talking about real rest in God. Rest that is Christ-centered. Rest that is focused on Him, i.e., you're able to stop everything and be like, you know, what, God, you are my source. You are my everything. I know I've got a million things on my to-do list right now, but God, I believe that you are in control. It's a different kind of rest. From the beginning of time, rest has been one of the strategies, please listen to me carefully, that God has been using to advance his kingdom. Rest is not just a by the way thing. Imagine when God is creating heaven and earth and he's creating everything that we know, rest is slap bang in the middle of it. It's a key to how we advance the kingdom. Greater things have yet to be done in this city. And if we do not do it from a place of rest, we will not succeed at it. And God cannot let us fail, guys. Too much is at stake. And that's why he's releasing the word over us. Not just this congregation, but a word over his bride that we need to get this right. Two keys that the Lord has been giving me as as just um, a strategy for, for the church in the end times. Generosity. Generosity. And when I talk about generosity with our time, with our skills, with our finances, generosity is equal to work. We are out there in the field. We are doing the things we need to be doing. We are serving the kingdom purposes. Generosity with everything that we are living that sacrificial life but tell me how far are we going to get if we don't do it from a place of rest? And when I started really just pressing into this, I was like, ah, here's another key, Dad. Rest. If we're going to be generous with our lives, serving the kingdom of God, then we're going to have to learn to do it in rest in Christ. It's a key for the end time church which will be gathering the harvest like never before what a privilege what a privilege to be able to partner with God almighty the creator of heaven and earth in serving his purposes here on the earth he doesn't need us but he desires us to partner with him. He doesn't need us. But he chose us. He chose this fragile jar of clay to carry his gospel. He chose these fragile jars of clay. His wisdom, I don't even know because I'm, I'm like, I don't even understand that, Jesus. Jesus. But in his wisdom, he chose us to partner with him. But what is this thing called rest? Can I just talk about that a little bit? There is rest as a posture. Now, this is how I see it. eh? There's rest as a posture. So rest is something that a position that we're in a position that we assume in the spirit before it is something that we do right we assume a position in the spirit where we place all our faith in Jesus Christ the finished work of the cross because of that i can rest Because he declared that it is finished, I can rest. We put our trust in the work of the Holy Spirit in us. Because he is my helper, I can rest. It's a position in the spirit. It's also an identity thing. That place of knowing, you know what, I'm loved. I'm loved. There's nothing that I can do that could make God love me more or less than He already does right now. I'm loved. I'm accepted in the brethren. I am fully known. A place. Of Zephaniah 3, he dances over us. He leaps with joy over us. He quiets my fears. A place of intimacy and identity. I'm a daughter. I'm a daughter. I serve from the place of being a son, he delights in me. It's about embracing that you are God's beloved. It's a posture. Hey, it changes how you walk, even. Yes? You know? <laughs> that confidence. That knowing that when all else is falling apart, even around me, he's got me. I'm his. Come on. Oh, we need to get close, guys. Have you ever tried resting on your bed without getting close? (laughs) I don't even know if that makes sense, but that makes sense to me right now. Try resting. So we need to get close we need to get close to him because that's the place where we're able to let go truly we can't trust someone we don't know we tell our kids the whole time don't talk to strangers we don't we can't trust someone who we don't know we need to get close to him he so desires that he's made a way for that It's that place of Ephesians 1 verse 3. I've been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. It's that place of Ephesians 2 6 verse 7. And God has raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. It's that place of Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. I have everything that I need. It's that place of 1 Corinthians 3 verse 7. So neither one who plants nor the one who waters is anything. I.e. yes, God, I'm partnering with you. I'm being faithful. I'm doing the things. But Lord, I know full well that it is only you, God, who makes things grow. It's not a place of passivity. I'm not doing anything. I.e. I shouldn't even get a job, you know, because I need to rest in the Lord. No, no. It's not resting from work. It's resting in work. I know moms try taking a day off. It's not easy. Dads mandate to provide. It's not easy. We have to be doing things. There's work to be done, not just in our own spheres, but for the kingdom this rest that does not absolve us from the responsibility that we have to contribute to the mandate of thy kingdom come. But it says, as I do it, Lord, I know that I'm loved by you. As I do it, Lord, I know you will give me everything that that I need. As I do it, Lord, I know that there's the peace of Jesus Christ that surpasses all understanding that is in me, that he, Christ himself, Is my peace. As I do it, Lord, I know that I can cast my cares upon you because you care for me. It's a soul rest. When chaos is breaking out around you, it's that place of Psalm 46, verse 10 be still and know that I am God. That's a rest posture. And the thing is, there is a knowing that is preceded by rest. Be still and know that I am God. There's a level of intimacy with God that is preceded by a posture of rest. That place of Psalm 23 where you say, you know, the Lord is my shepherd, he's my provider, he's my this. Try doing that not from a position of rest. It's very hard to see God as provider when you're busy trying to provide for yourself. Have you noticed that when you are in your bed and you're just resting and relaxing, the perspective is different? To that you have when you're walking, when you're standing, you see now I can see the ceiling pretty much, you know. But when I'm looking straight at you, it's a different perspective. Just like it's that, in a practical sense, I genuinely believe, I'm convinced that there are places, dimensions in God, and of God. That we can only access from a place of rest. There are some things in our inner man that God can do or only do when we are in that position of rest. I.e., Lord, I've let go now, I've stopped trying to fend for myself. You are God all by yourself. I acknowledge your sovereignty in my life. Then God starts to shift things. And he's like, yes, that's where I want you. He responds in a different way. Because he loves to take care of us. He loves to meet our needs. We really need to teach our souls to rest in God. Now when I'm talking about the posture family, it's a posture. Because there are things that taking a holiday and having excessive social gathering time with your family and friends that those things can't fix. That tiredness in your soul needs your dad, your Abba, your creator. Short-term fixes will not do. And this is why we need the posture. It's that place of knowing that we can take His yoke upon us, that we learn from Him. His yoke is easy, and His burden is light. A place of his presence. I love this in Exodus 33 verse 14. The Lord replied, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. This rest that is locked up in his presence. Not in a holiday, not in changing of schedules. Not in external things. It's an internal soul rest. And we need to contend for that place. That rest is found and built through intimacy. And then there's rest as a practice. That's more the external things. How we rearrange and how we order our lives in such a way that we make room for God, that we make room for community, that we make room for fellowship. the reality is that our lives do get busy. Our lives do get busy and they do get full of pressure. And the first thing that happens when life gets busy is that we stop taking care of ourselves. And when that happens, we actually run out of emotional, uh, emotional physical mental resources to cope. Let's get practical. Sorry, I'm a psychologist, guys, so I need to just throw this in there. When we get exhausted, we struggle to have capacity for others because our focus goes inward. How do you build a kingdom like that? It's ineffective. And I'm not saying, guys, we need to be perfect all the time. I.e., we would never go on missions. We would never serve because, oh... You know, a lot is happening right now. No. We grow as we go. We learn to rest and we learn to take authority over our personal world. But in that, there are things that God helps us to put in place practically to make sure that this happens. It's very difficult to serve the purposes of God when we are in survival mode. It is difficult for us to serve the body and this lost and dying world if we are in survival mode. And when we're in this survival mode, that's where all these issues come in the depression. Because we're looking inward, we're focusing inward. We can't give what we don't have. Moral of the story. But God hasn't called us to survive, He has called us to thrive. Hallelujah. He has called us to rule and reign from a place of rest. That's our portion. But we need to put practical things in place. We need to practice rest as a posture and we need to practice rest as a practice itself. We need to do things to protect our boundaries, to protect our time. That's why rest is a lifestyle as well. Posture and practices. Self-care is not selfish, guys. That's what we've been taught that if you start focusing on yourself, you should hear, you know, oh, I was on a coffee date with Jesus. And everyone looks at you like, it's self-care. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I love it. It's self-care. It's important. Journaling is important for me. It's self-care. If I'm not journaling, my brain literally goes into spaghetti mode. I mean, it's already partly in spaghetti m- mode. In <laughs> <laughs> But I've learned that there are things that I need to do consistently to help me practice rest. Take time to reflect, to relate, to renew yourself in God's presence and with people that you love. Rest is worship. Rest is worship, that place of just being in God's presence and just worshiping Him and saying, You know what, Lord? You've got me. You've got me. I know that you never fall off your throne. You've got me. These things can wait because your presence is priority to me. You are everything to me. It's worship. Acknowledging that my body, my mind, can only take me so far. It's you that I need more than anything. It's worship. If Jesus himself, the God-man, 100% God, 100% man, took rest as a priority, how much more should we? We want to be like him. For those who claim to have him in us we need to live as him those of us who claim that he abides in us we need to walk as he did it's an identity thing we're missing out on a key part of our identity if we're not getting this rest thing right Jesus knew it Jesus had one of the busiest ministries He also was a professional, some stage. He knew what it is to be busy. His life was physically, emotionally, mentally, and spiritually demanding all the time. And when he did those things, it cost him strength in his body. It cost him energy. And we think we can get away with it. Ah. (laughs) Hi, guys. Really. Really. We think we can get away unscathed. We can give, 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 give. Without resting. We need to stop. We need to learn how to stop. Because the world doesn't stop. Your job will not stop. Your bosses will not not stop asking for things. Church and ministry and kingdom is always advancing. These things won't stop. But we need to learn how to stop. For the sake of your life and for the sake of ministry. These things go hand in hand. What are you witnessing to the world? Burnt out, compassion fatigued, Christian. What am I witnessing? Oh no, God's in control. But when you get to work, it's like, oh, just another day. And I know it's not easy, guys. These things have been so ingrained in us that it it makes it almost impossible to rearrange your life because that's what it calls for, ultimately. And it's not an easy thing to do. But Jesus, although he knew there were so many ministry demands, he never neglected taking time off to replenish himself. In God's presence, intentional, Christ-centered resting he also encouraged his disciples to do the same right Matthew 14 verse 13 when Jesus heard that John the Baptist had been beheaded he what he withdrew by boat privately to a solitary place i.e. Jesus was like I I just need to be in God's presence I just need to work through all of these things in my soul 100% man 100% God Mark 6 verse 31, then Jesus said to his disciples, let us go off by ourselves to a quiet place and rest for a while. He said this because there are so many people coming and going that Jesus and his apostles did not even have time to eat. I.e., stop the bus. We know their needs. Yes, we're willing But if this fails, then our mission fails. It's critical. It's critical. Do whatever you need to do. See that psychologist. Now I'm already hearing. See that psychologist if you need to see a psychologist. Go to that counselor. Tell your friends that it is actually not well with my soul. Tell Jesus. Stop pretending. Because in that place, that's where the refreshing comes. When you are at your wit's end. And God's grace then truly is manifested because he is power. His power is made perfect in our weakness. It's that place. Power and power is not equal to more power. It's equal to stupidity. Just saying. (laughs) I'm human. I know how we think. Sure, a page from my own story. And this is also when I learned, uh, Ronnie was speaking about just that season where I used to just always just really contend to be in God's presence. Um, In my own life, I've noticed and I've experienced how rest can have such a tremendous impact, not just on your enjoyment of life, number one but more importantly on your spiritual growth if you want to grow spiritually you need to take rest seriously so in in, in 2016 I was consulting and I just moved into community house I used to pride myself you know oh you know I just pop in at the community house for dinner greet everyone then I go back to work I loved what I was doing I loved the job. I loved consulting as an environment, the industry, everything about it. But the challenge was it stole from my time with God and with people. It left me depleted physically, emotionally, mentally. I was always thinking about the next thing that needs to be done. I was always worried about that client and this client and that output and that project. I never had time to be still and know. And I remember the Lord asking me, Siko, it's either your job and your career or it's this or it's intimacy or it's fellowship. I've placed you in this house for a reason and you're going to miss it if you choose your career. And he just, it was, it was an option. God does not force us to do things. He did not even force us to be in a relationship with him. So he definitely won't force you to rest. It's, it's a choice. And it was hard for me, but eventually I was like, God, I choose you. I left that job and I went to a job that was definitely slower, but not necessarily the content that I enjoyed work wise, uh, the, the bustle, you know, that, that I was used to, the hustle and bustle. But man, God met me. For the first time in years, I had time to think. I had time to have conversations with the Lord. I had time to just rest in His presence. I had time to hear His voice clearly for the first time. Try hearing God's voice in the busyness. It's difficult. It's not that you can't hear it, but it's difficult and that was such a beautiful season in my life where i could just spend it with the lord spend it in community spend it with people who were speaking over me spend it with people who were praying and encouraging me what a precious time i grew spiritually in that season more than i'd grown in years what a changed rest rest is critical to your purpose. Just as um, not resting doesn't abstinence the, the, the growth of a baby because your child needs to rest for them to develop physically. Natural things actually depict and show us ways of what's happening in the spiritual. We need to rest spiritually as well so that we can grow if you don't rest, your growth is stinted. So, if, you know, if, it's, if you feel like, you know God, I've still got this. I've still got energy. I'm able to run around and I'm still able to do the things. Um, I don't feel exhausted. What? What? Check your spiritual life. How is that being impacted by your lack of rest? Rest is a key, guys to intimacy and fruitfulness. It's a key. And the real battle concerning rest is not just your time or your health. Those things are important. But the real battle is that the enemy is after your soul. The enemy knows that if you are not found in that place of intimacy, then you cannot be fruitful. Because if you abide in me and I in you, then you will bear much fruit. The Lord knows that key to our intimacy is this place of rest. The enemy will do everything in his power to keep you from experiencing the rest of God because he is trying to thwart, thwart the advancing of the kingdom. It's not just about your life and your purposes. It's about the kingdom. The enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy. He will steal your time. He will steal your peace to make sure that you don't enter into his rest because rest is actually a place of power in the kingdom. He keeps us so busy running around doing things. Knowing that he's keeping you from intimacy with your dad. He's keeping you from that place of the joy of the Lord is my strength. Because you're running around. He's keeping you from the joy of salvation. Because you're running around. Some of us have maybe spiritually at the same place for years now. We're trying to figure out Why? Maybe we haven't been taking enough time to stop. The enemy is after your spiritual growth. He doesn't want you to be at a place where you are effective in life and ministry. Because when that happens, you are advancing the kingdom. The strategy is that we miss out on that Intimacy that we become ineffective. But Jesus has given us an ability to discern the strategies of the enemy. Amen. But it will require obedience. Whatever it takes. (laughs) I remember I used to just get so upset and just i would literally get aggressive with anything that wanted to steal my time at a point should get back to that place and people like oh what what are you gonna do i'm like i'm just gonna chill and be with the lord and then everyone looks at you like part of the reason i'm standing here i firmly believe is because it's a fruit of that season We need to cooperate with what the Lord wants to do in our lives. And if he's calling you to rest, whatever that looks like, it won't look the same for each and every one of us. For some of us, yes, it may be changing jobs. For some of us, it may be exercising, taking that hike and being with the Lord. For some of us, it may actually be getting decent amount of sleep. Whatever it looks like. There's some things that we can only catch. Dimensions in God that can only be found from a place of rest. I remember the one uh, time back in that season, and I was just on my bed and having conversations with the Holy Spirit and just engaging, probably just worshiping and just talking to him. Nothing much for what seemed to be like hours but i know it was probably a few minutes you know i would go say (laughs) like ah only 15 minutes but the holy spirit met me there in that place as i was just reclined i remember trying to get up so many times i'm like whoa what is happening the weight of his glory the weight of his presence i'm like lord what is this what is this And in that moment, realizing there are only things that we can access of God from a place of rest. I want to encourage you. Continue just being with God. And I know some of us are doing it already. Go deeper. There's always more. Resting has a cost. Sometimes it's emotional, sometimes it's mental, sometimes it's physical. But I'm convinced that the greatest cost of rest or not having rest is spiritual. And that's why the enemy is able to blind us so much because we're so focused on this mental health and we're so focused on the physical health and all these things. We're not thinking about the spiritual cost. The kingdom is at stake the kingdom is at stake God's plans for your life and your time and your money and your body and your health are so much bigger than the plans that you have for yourself his vision for all those things are so much bigger than what you have for yourself you may just be trying to get by but no God is in the agenda of building the kingdom And he needs your contribution. In fact, he doesn't need it, but he wants it. The kingdom will continue advancing with or without us, guys. Do you want to be a part of it? That's simple. It's the question. Yes, then rest. Lord, what must I do to make it happen? I must rest. I must work. Both these things need to happen at the same time. Oh, we need grace. Ah, A lot of grace. His empowerment. His empowerment. We can't do it on our own. Rest is directly linked to our mandate to rule and to reign over creation. Just to make it clear, it's not far fetched or it's intrinsic to our mandate to rule and reign over creation. God blessed them and he said to them, this is Genesis 1 verse 28, Be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air. Ev- and every creature that crawls upon the earth. Mandate to have dominion, to expand the kingdom. Rest is critical. Rest is direct and intrinsically linked to our mission. The Great Commission, Matthew 28, 16 to 20. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Teaching them to obey. To obey. Meanwhile, we're struggling to obey ourselves. Be diligent to enter into thy teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you and surely I am with you to the very end of the age. It's intrinsic and central and critical to the Great Commission and our effectiveness in that. The times are urgent. There's an urgency in the spirit. We are at a critical point In the church, and we're at a critical time in the world. The battle rages on. It is finished, but we need to enforce that victory. And I believe that moving in rest is going to be critical as we approach these end times. There's no way. And Jesus is not changing his mind about coming back for a spotless bride. So we need to just step up. There's no other way. There's an entire world at stake. There's work to be done. God loves to partner with us. It's a privilege. And we need all hands on deck. Whatever you're doing should be a contribution to thy kingdom come. Whatever your job is, whatever role, whether you're a parent, or this or that, our heart's cry is, thy kingdom come, Lord. Your will be done. Because what tends to happen is when we're not resting, we are glorifying the enemy by putting ourselves at the center of the universe. But our cry is different. We are not like this world and we are not of this world. And I just pray even now in Jesus' name that we will be transformed by the renewing of our minds, that we will not conform to the patterns of this world. There's work to be done. But if we're not loving and serving and living and leading from a place of rest, it's futile. God doesn't do half businesses. God doesn't establish anything that is not eternal. He doesn't have time for that. And that should be our approach as well. If we want to have fruitful lives with eternal fruit... We need to focus on the right things. There's a lost and a dying world that needs to experience the goodness and the love of Jesus Christ. There are people who need to hear the gospel and come to the knowledge of our Savior. We cannot keep Christ and his benefits to ourselves. And that's what happens when the enemy moves us away from a place of rest. He moves us away from the purposes of God and we are left focusing inward instead of outward. The gospel needs to be preached. We've been saying this morning, man, I love this church. Souls need to be saved. People need to walk and experience kingdom, the kingdom of light. So we need to start taking this race thing seriously, guys. It is central, critical to our mandate. It is a key strategy for us. The church needs to facilitate the building of the kingdom. But if we do not have capacity to do what God is calling us to do, God help us. It's not an option. just even as I draw to an end, a a friend of mine um, actually shared something that was so profound with me. Spoke just about a few weeks ago. Oh, now my friend must help me. (laughs) Robert Murray, who was leading a church, a congregation of 23. Now this guy worked so hard that his health finally gave in. And before dying he wrote this God gave me a message to deliver and a horse to ride alas I have killed the horse and now I cannot deliver the message I have killed the horse and now I cannot deliver the message the gospel is at stake the kingdom is at stake. The devil is not after your money or your health or your business or your profession. (laughs) He's after your soul. He's after souls. And I'm really trusting this morning for a shift and if the band can maybe come up and just even play something I I would really appreciate that thank you so much band and thank you so much laptop family (laughs) yes I love them they serve with so much grace thank you and if you can maybe just show that slide with the model thing just as I close yes so this is how I make sense of it and obviously we're always growing it may change next week, I don't know but this is how I see it that middle part Miles Monroe actually came up with that that intimacy leads to spiritual growth and your spiritual growth leads to fruitfulness and what I thought was so key as we're having this message and the keys that I got on generosity, your faithfulness to bring whatever is in your hands, your faithfulness to do the work that needs to be done. It's ongoing. And at the bottom, I also see rest as a pillar. Faithfulness and rest, those things go together. Work and rest, those things need to go together. And I'm really trusting the Lord to establish this in our hearts in a new way. We've heard this message so many times before. We've been here before, even myself. But I'm trusting God for a shift, for a perspective which I believe He's already done even now in Jesus' name. I thank him even for the fruit of this word. Yes, it may take time for the fruit to show, like in my life. Six years later, how many years later, I'm seeing the fruit of that season of rest. It may take time. So you may feel like, Dad, I'm implementing these things and I'm trusting you, but my life is still in chaos. Dad, I'm doing all these things. I'm resting, I'm practicing rest but I don't see the fruit. I say, keep going. Keep going. Lord, I just thank you, Lord, that you are able, you are able, you are able to shift what needs to be shifted in and through us, Lord. In Jesus' name. Shift every mindset, Lord, every stronghold, every lie, God, that leads us towards performance and away from your purposes. Shift right now in Jesus' name. Father, I just pray, God, that you help us. You help us, Lord. We desire to partner with you. We long to work and labor with you. And we just long for your grace, God. We ask for your wisdom, Lord. What should our lives look like, Lord? Help us to dream with you, God. What should our lives look like, Lord? What will it take, God, to make us effective in life and in ministry, Lord? Give us wisdom, Lord. Show us practically, Lord, what is it that we need to change? What is it that we need to do differently, Lord? And give us grace, God, to work and walk in obedience, Lord. Move whatever you need to move, God. Help us to let go of whatever it is that we need to let go. In Jesus' name, Lord. Every lie, every stronghold, everything that ministers to us, that we are insufficient, that we are not enough. Lord, we pray that you come and you overwhelm that with your love and with your truth, even now, Lord. In Jesus' name, come establish your rest, Lord, in us, Lord. Break performance, And establish your rest, Lord. Establish that posture, Lord, of rest. Help us establish, Lord, those practices in our lives, Lord. We want to be like you, Lord. We want to be like you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. Lord, we just yield ourselves to you. We yield ourselves to you as vessels, Lord. Oh, we yield ourselves, Lord. We say, let our lives be poured out, Lord, like a liquid offering. We thank you, Lord, for what you have done in and through us today. We thank you that your work in our lives is ever lost. Thank you that you love us, that you desire to be our resting place, our place of peace and our place of comfort. Come now, Holy Spirit, take control, Lord, of every situation, God, that troubles our mind, Lord. All our fears, our cares, and burdens unto you, we roll. Help us to live, to work, to worship, and to witness from a place of rest. We pray that you help us to be effective in life and in ministry. For the sake of your name. In Jesus' name, we pray. It's just the song that keeps on, that won't let me go <laughs> in my mind. Um, I don't know it much, but let me quickly let me find it here. Let your living waters flow over my soul. I just want to just bless us with that. I'm not sure if she's ready to close off, but um, just as we sing this, you're welcome to join in just once.
1: Okay. Let your living water flow over my soul. Let your Holy Spirit come Call. Cool. Cool. Cool.